Welcome to the podcast, Think Biblically, Conversations on Faith and Culture. I'm your host, Scott Ray, Dean of Faculty and Professor of Christian Ethics at Talbot School of Theology, Biola University. And I'm your co-host, Sean McDowell, Professor of Christian Apologetics at Talbot School of Theology, Biola University. We're here today with a fascinating guest for us. Her name is Kim Zember. Uh, she is a part, she's the founder and head of a, of a ministry called Overcome Ministries. She's got a fascinating story to tell about her own personal journey. So rather than set it up for you, I think I'll just let you kind of tell us a little bit of your story and sort of how you got to be where you are today, particularly with uh, your Overcome Ministries. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I grew up um, Catholic, baptized as a baby, and and really grew up knowing the Lord. Um, knowing the Lord, I've found out even still today, uh, is much different than knowing Him personally uh, and, and choosing to walk with Him. But always knew about uh, Jesus and and that He's the Savior and and He's the only way. Um, raised mom and dad, two older brothers, beautiful family. I, I really, looking back, I, I'm so grateful. Uh, not only then, but but even now, of the family that he blessed me with. Um, but things started to shift uh, in high school. I actually ended up kind of feeding this this desire that started to arise, uh, which was was for women. And there was one one in, one girl in particular, uh, my senior year of high school. Um, so I was seventeen years old, and uh, I decided to feed that desire. And her and I ended up being physical. And that opened so many doors that I would have never, ever imagined. Uh, I thought it was kind of like Katy Perry says, where you just, you kiss a girl and you might like it. Well, she was right. I did like it, but she didn't unpack what the rest of that might look like for the years to come. And so it, it ended up kind of leading me towards this path of, of um, like a double life. I was hiding. I was depressed. And if anybody knew me, that is not, that's just not even the fiber of my character. Um, but I became depressed, lying, sneaking, and living this kind of double life. And in that um, kind of led, things didn't quite work out as I thought they would with uh, the girl. Fast forward on and off with different women, all while dating men uh, on the forefront. So kind of sneaking behind, um, hooking up with women, being with them. And uh, at 23, had a radical encounter with the Lord. Uh, I asked the Lord to show me my heart, and that's a whole other podcast, but uh, he, he did show me, and that's actually when I moved to Ethiopia. Um, but I still wouldn't deal with this, this reality of the door that I o- had opened and, and walked through uh, when I was 17 with, with same-sex attraction. And um, I always knew in my heart, like in my heart of hearts, you know, the scripture does say that our hearts are, are led astray, too. So, you know, there's that worldly saying to follow your heart. Well, I did. Um, and the result was was actually very painful for, for me and many. Um, but in that, um, I always knew along this, this journey that it wasn't right. And somebody can say, oh, it's because, you know, you're Catholic. And they just drilled, you know, Catholic guilt in you. It wasn't that. Um, it, it really wasn't. It was that small, still voice, that whisper hmm. that says, I have better right? Not that you're horrible, not that I condemn you, not that I, I hate you, or, but I have better. I have better for you, Kim. And um, unfortunately, this, the scripture um, comes that, that when you, you know, buy into sin, when you, when you operate in it, you really are a slave to it. And I had become 
even though I had a greater desire to serve the Lord and, and to be with him, here I am in Ethiopia, right? And, and think that that would be, bam, that's it. You know, you sold your house, you sold your everything you had at 23, moved to Ethiopia. No, because I kept this in the dark, right? I didn't bring this into the light and let the Lord have it. I wouldn't surrender it. I thought, what am I going to be? Am I going to be that, that girl that, you know, has a bunch of cats or lives alone all of her life and just be miserable? And so I, I thought that I knew better. Um, and so in that, I did have a peace when I was in Ethiopia because I was actually like fulfilling a God-given desire, which was to, to serve and to love those who, who are, quote unquote, the least of these. Um, and so I was fulfilled there. But the moment I came back to the States, um, I got back into old ways. I ended up marrying a man um, that I was dating uh, and, and said yes. And, and the night of my the night before I got married, I actually said, uh, I got on my knees and I told the Lord, I said, I will never cheat on this man with a woman. I knew, I knew that, that I didn't want to do that. But the big mistake that I made is I didn't let Jesus be Jesus. I told Jesus what I would do instead of surrendering and said, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Um, and so unfortunately, about a year and a half of marriage, I cheated on him with a married woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only did I cheat on him, but I also helped someone to cheat on their husband, uh, ended up being in relationship with her, um, did get a divorce. Uh, and this led to a lot of on and off relationships with women now living quote unquote out, you know, family, very loving, very accepting of me, but very clear on like, Kim, God has more for you Hmm. than this. And we don't feel you're walking in that. Um, and they just kept praying for me, loving me the best they could. This was new to them, not knowing how really to, to deal. But I always knew, I always knew that they loved me. Never doubted that. But I also always knew that they didn't agree, not because of what they thought, but because of what they truly knew of the Lord for my life. And so um, in that true love, they were not afraid to speak the truth. Um and so it led to a lot, girlfriend after girlfriend, living out. I remember once one of my best friends, she said, uh, so I'm so glad you finally came out as gay. And I said, oh, I'm, no, I'm not gay. And she's like, Kim, you're dating a woman, like, for two years. I said, yeah, I understand. I introduced you to her. Like, this is not, I, I get that. And she's like, that makes you gay. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And I couldn't put words to it at that time because I knew that that wasn't my identity. I knew it was something I was doing, but it was not who I was. It didn't identify me. It didn't, that, that's not how I'm called. And so some could be like, well, yeah, you're just saying that so you don't get labeled. No, 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 no. This was deeper. I just didn't have words for it. Wow. And so, um, so yeah, by the goodness and grace of God, you know, I jumped back and forth to Ethiopia. That ministry still continued. Um, but I finally, one of the girls, the last girl I was with, um, cheated on me. And by the grace of God, by the goodness and only the grace and mercy of God, did I finally wake up. And I realized that I was the common denominator in all these relationships and that I was so far from the person that he created me to be. And so I, I knew I had one thing where he says, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And I finally, October 17th, 2014, I said, Lord, I'm in. Wow. I'm in. I give you this desire. I give you this, this desire that I've had, that I've, I've kept. I give it all to you, though the world now knows about it. I give it to you. And I'm going to trust that you're God and I'm not. 
and I need you please to show me that. And he radically did, and he's been continuing to every day since then because I really hold firm that it says daily. This is not, Jesus did not die on the cross for me for a one-hit wonder. And so it's a continual journey um, in this, and, and a beautiful one that has some heaviness, too. Kim, thank you for your clarity and your boldness and just willingness to share your story is, uh, is remarkable. Let me ask you this question. After you came to faith in Jesus, did or do you still have same-sex attraction? How do you deal with that? And do you desire to get married to a man someday and have kids? Okay, yeah, I get asked that a lot, actually. Um, and for me, it, it might be kind of silly, but I, I relate a lot to food. And so I'm relatively healthy. I eat clean. I, I try to take care of the one temple he gave me, right? Um, but I, I legitimately still crave cheesecake, all right? And so I don't know that the desire for cheesecake makes me unhealthy, or is it me fulfilling that desire that would make me unhealthy? And so, um, but I've also realized the less I quote unquote cheat, right? Like I say, oh, I cheated today. No, who am I really cheating on? Right. And so it, it ties to those desires as there might be times where things pop up. Right. And, and there might be an old desire. But the less I've fed that right as I stop feeding something, there's just a law that applies. You mm. stop feeding something, it dies, whether it's a cat, a bird, a squirrel or a desire. And I stopped through the through the power of Jesus going to him to help me. I've stopped feeding those desires. And in that, I would say they're pretty much null and void. If it does come back, I go to him as my strength. I need a savior every day, whether it be for same-sex attraction or or pride or greed or any of these things that we battle. Sin is sin. So I don't know if that answers. It's a great answer. But no, that's that's very that's very insightful, very helpful. Um, here, kind of what I'm wondering is, you know, I, I don't I don't hear a lot of stories like this that are public. Uh, I suspect there's there's probably a lot more of these than we yeah. know about that we just never hear about. But why why do you think we don't hear that much about stories like yours? Well, <laughs> um, I would say there's a simple answer, and it would probably be that us human beings don't like to surrender. Hmm. Whatever that desire is, I mean, that was the biggest holding point for me was I wouldn't let God be God. I wouldn't give Him right? My desires. I wouldn't give him these things. I thought I had a better plan. I thought I knew. And in reality, it was me playing God. And so I think we don't hear these stories as much, though they are out there and they're, they're coming more and more. And I have a very amazing group of friends that, that have very similar stories with very different backgrounds. Um, but it's really about surrendering our own desires, our own plans for our life and saying, Lord, I trust that you are Lord Jesus. You gave it all. Show me the life you have for me. And so in a world that we live in, um, that you make your own decisions, you, you do what's best for you and, you know, just be kind and nice. That, that's not discipleship. Kind and nice is part of discipleship, mm. right? And part of being a follower of Christ, but it's, it's not the fullness. And so I think because it has to do with us really thinking, well, I'll speak for myself, um, me thinking I knew better for myself mm. and I had a better plan than God did for my life. Let me, let me just fo follow up br briefly on that. Um, you know, I think in a, in a lot of contexts when we talk about overcoming same-sex attraction mm -hmm. or, or what, whatever the sexual desire is, it could be for a whole host of things. We often think about that 
in in more black and white terms that once it's overcome mm -hmm. it's you know it's kind of over and done with and not it's just off the table mm -hmm. it sounds like that's not quite the case in no. your situation that it that it, it uh, that that desire is not something that's a given as mm -hmm. we hear some people say right but not something that uh just miraculously wiped away right. by virtue of faith, either. But it's something that's nur that if as it's nurtured, mm -hmm. it it can come up again the, the more it's fed. I think the food analogy, I think, is a really helpful one. Yeah. But it it sounds like you're you know you're somewhere in the middle on that continuum, uh, right. where it's still it's still a a, a, very, a very real possibility that you'll experience those desires again. Yeah, I mean, for me, my concern is not the desires. My concern is, Lord, make me strong enough to overcome all desires that are not in line with you, whether that be a sexual one, whether that be an internal one that nobody sees, you know, that pride that creeps up, whatever it might mm -hmm. be. So for me, you know, you did ask earlier, do I see myself getting married and, and having children? I personally, I have no idea. I'm 35, no hmm. clue what my life looks like, and I love it. And people say, well, you're just in bondage. Really? Because I'm choosing this. I'm choosing this. Nobody is forcing me. My family loved me. My friends loved me. I had no reason. And so in that, you know, Dr. Ray, I see that um, sometimes we focus so much on the desire and less on Jesus, you know, and if that becomes my focal point, that's what I walk towards. So I just every day throughout the day, fix my eyes on Christ, Christ and others, Christ in front of me, Christ, but when I'm by myself, and that's where then I walk towards and, and darkness does not mm -hmm. come into the light, right? We, we, we have to draw these things into the light of Christ. And so I try to, I live very authentically. People say I'm, I'm crazy, you know, going around sharing all the junk I've done. But for what Satan has meant for destruction, God is using. And I pray he continues to for his glory. You're here. Kim, God's given you a pretty remarkable platform that in many ways seems to be growing. You mentioned before just a major university you got invited to speak mm -hmm. at, which is fantastic. When you share your story, what's the kind of, I don't know, challenges or criticism that people will raise, either in the church, outside of the church? Mm -hmm. What does some of that pushback look like? Yeah, I would say a pretty common one is um, mostly people that maybe are living in the lifestyle. Um, I've heard them say a few times to me and then some behind my back, which is okay as well. I prefer it to my ears so that we can actually communicate. But mm. in that, um, I've heard, I feel bad for you. You're, you're in bondage. And, you know, to me, I, I've invited one of them. I said, come be my neighbor for like a week. <laughs> I mean, like, I know that might sound really silly, but like, come hang out with me. You'll see that this isn't something that's done on stage. I don't want a stage. He is the only one that deserves the glory. It's not about me. So like, why would I do this? Why am I right mind? As a human being with free will, why would I get up here and share all the junk? Because I'm really... Not to be glorified in this. I'm the one who cheated. I'm the one who lied. I'm the one who was living a double life. I'm the one who was depressed. He, Jesus Christ, is the one. So why would I stand up here and put myself to be ridiculed if this wasn't real, if I was in bondage? You know, and so, but it's hard. You know, we know, we only know what we know, you know. And so I would say the biggest, you know, kind of feedback is like, for those that just don't get it, I'm like, just experience Christ. Don't experience me. I'm nothing, you know what I mean? But like experience him. Can, can we pray together, you know? And, and have you heard the goodness that he says about you? 
Because I think a lot of times we focus on the condemnation of God instead of the love of God, which sets us free, right? Because he loves us. And so um, I w- if that answers your question. Yeah, that's powerful. Tell, tell us a little bit about this, the platform, the, sounds like maybe the main platform that uh, is your organization, Overcome Ministries. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you trying to do with that? What's its purpose? What's its mission? Mm. Um, well, um, first and foremost, I pray it's never, never my ministry. I pray it's mm. always his. Um, you know, the really, the point of it is it's, it's to just share the love of Jesus and the freedom found through his love. Um, that no matter what, no matter what, that he has overcome and that we can be overcomers only linked to him, right? Yoked to him. So whether that be sharing at schools or, or one-on-one with people who are struggling or or parents, I get a lot of call from a lot of parents and it's to be a beacon of hope. I am not hope, but my hope lies in Jesus Christ. And to share that and to share what he has done and continues to do um, is really the the whole my whole heart's desire with overcome is is only that we can't do it in our own strength. And I, I just want to be, if, if that's what he's called, a mouthpiece of that for the Lord. And um, yeah, just a, a, a platform of hope for people who maybe have lost hope. What are some of the nuts and bolts? Like when somebody comes to you for Overcome Ministries, what does it look like? What do you do? What do you promise them? What do you not promise them? How do you help people that come to you for help? Yeah, so it's actually interesting. Uh, just this week, um, I've I've already gotten three calls from three moms, mm-hmm. and um, first I listen, I listen. Um, I'm, I'm the Lord continues to teach me slow to speak and quick to listen, <laughs> slow to speak. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and um, and in that, so I, I really just listen to their hearts, um, and then I just try to let the Holy Spirit, you know, lead in in what maybe he wants me to say and. Um, so it always starts off very, very personal, um, as as they desire to share, and then through it, it ends. I, I can't promise anything. I can only promise what he already promises. So I can't like quote, you know, coin any of that as of my own. I always lead back to the scriptures and who Jesus is and what God has for us, mm. and that He has the same thing that He has for me, and He continues to do in my life. He has for their child, but let's take it a step further. Not only for their child, but for them as well. And so a lot of times I get asked from these parents um, is what does it look like? You know what I mean? Because they're so deep in sin. I said, do you need to re-listen to how deep it got? I mean, I gave you the quick version, but there's a lot more. God is bigger than all of us. So it really comes down to do we trust that God is God? You know, and that's really what my heart is, um, is to open up as, as I continue to trust that he's God and I'm not. Um, that I can help others to to see that as well and lead them constantly back to Christ. Do you have uh, Do you have certain segments of the you know whether it's high school students, college students, young adults that you tend to find yourself gravitating toward Absolutely. more often, uh, and just because of their needs or yeah? Which which what would that be? My my biggest draw to my heart is um, high school and college kids. Majority being college, I just, I've seen what's going on out there. And for some reason, I mean, I clearly look 35, but for some reason they, they're able to, we're able to connect. Um, and I, I, I pray it's because they can see my heart. Um, but my heart just bleeds for those college kids and, um, what they're going through 
you know, whether it be sexual stuff or or internal stuff, whatever it is, you know, we're all broken. We're all hurt. And so um, they have such a gift within them. Like they are legitimately, I don't care what the background, I don't care what they're currently doing. They have such a call and an anointing on their life. They literally, through Jesus, have the power to transform this world. Um, and I feel like God's let me see that um, in them. And so I never come in with a judgment. I pray it doesn't come off that way. That's not my heart. Um, but to really listen and um, and then just speak as, as the Lord says. But yeah, those college kids, they got my heart. I also don't have kids, but yeah. I wouldn't choose college kids if I had a choice. I'd probably choose the little ones, but yeah, I feel like the Lord has point highlighted them. You, you've mentioned a freedom march in mm -hmm. L.A. in 2018. Can yeah. you tell us a little about that? And is there another one planned for 2019? Yeah, yeah. So the freedom march, um, the first one uh, was actually in D.C. Um, last year. And then followed it up. Uh, I met the group. Jeffrey McCall um, actually lived a transgender lifestyle. Wow. Went through a lot. Uh, suicidal thoughts, mental. Um, mm. He went into a mental hospital um, and had a radical encounter with Christ and, and walks now in that full freedom. Uh, he still struggles just like all of us, you sure. know. Um, so he started these and I came alongside him and, and part of the board now with Freedom March. And so we did one in Los Angeles right in the center of L.A., zero protesters wow. because we are preaching the love, truth, and freedom found in Christ. We are not marching around that God hates, God hates, God can don't know. God loves you and here's his truth and here's what he's got. And so we just literally go through testimony after testimony mixed with worship unto the Lord, testimony, worship. Um, and it was incredible, incredible. People flew in to come to it um, from all over. And uh, we actually even had people come in from Korea. And wow. then we have, so yeah, wow. we have three set uh, for 2019. We've got um, Minneapolis, um, D.C. again. And then we've got uh, Orlando, Florida, two of my brothers now uh, in Christ. They were shot at the Pulse um, mm. nightclub. Wow and had a radical, radical inner continuing to transformation of their life. And so they're leading it up. Luis, um, Luis and Angel are leading up Orlando with us. And uh, our goal and our, our whole desire is to continue to spread the love, redemption, and freedom found in Jesus that we search for so much in this world through other things. But there's one, and it's him. It's Jesus. One of the, yeah, one of the things I think has been is so helpful about your story is how you how you treat the the area of sexual desire just to begin with so often we focus on the behavior mm. and i think it's i think it's it's true that what what the bible tends to focus on is the behavior that's mm -hmm. when we act out on a lot of those desires but the i think the idea that the lordship of christ actually has something to say about our desires mm that I think in a lot of in a lot of circles even Christian circles we tend to take that same sex attraction as somewhat fixed mm -hmm. and unchangeable yeah. and I think for for some people that that, that may be the case uh, and so we we focus on what, you know not acting out on mm -hmm. that as a as a, a condition of faithfulness right but it sounds like you're a big part of what you're suggesting is that those desires can also be managed mm -hmm. and controlled uh, by submitting them to the Lordship of Christ. Yes, and I'm proof that it's not in your own strength. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's not in mm-hmm. your own strength. It is only in the strength of Jesus Christ. And I, I've found, too, you know, where Scripture says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So I'm not going to want something before I first think about it. So so it starts in that mind, like, Lord, purify, cleanse my mind. Help me to keep boundaries, right, of what, what comes into my mind, what I watch, what I think yeah. about. Because... I mean, unless I'm thinking about a burrito, I'm probably not going to go buy one. I know I'm, I'm really hungry, but um, it, it's just, you know, I... I, I it's Sorry, we like didn't save sense. an In-N-Out burger yeah. for you. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, and, and even that, the beauty of fasting <clears throat> is teaching this, like, self-denial unto the Lord, right? And so I think we're just like, no, just get it, do it. But there, there's so much beauty in denying yourself. He says, if you want to find your life, you need to lose it. Right. I mean, these aren't my words. These are his. But my my heart and soul wants to walk out his words. Yeah, I think there's as, as I, you know, as, as I look at the sort of the, the soil in which a lot of people are growing up in in right. our culture today, it's the, you know, follow your heart, yeah. sort of, you know, fo- follow your desires. Yeah. Um, and some of that, I think, is right. We want to we want people to do what they're passionate about yeah, within within yeah. boundaries. But, uh, you know, I mean, if I followed all my desires, <laughs> I'd be in, I'd be in really deep trouble. You and me both. Um, and I think and it, it strikes me that as I as I read the New Testament, the satisfaction of our desires is fairly low on the priority list of things that matter most to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I think we could probably say, you know, the, 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 those desire a lot of our desires are not are not chosen. Uh, I, don't, you, I mean, you didn't. I didn't you didn't it. wake up one morning and say, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to desire to be mm-hmm. with women." It just, you know, you didn't choose that. Yeah. Simple, how, how it originated world, is nature. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how it originated, you know, is, we could talk a long time about mm-hmm. that. Um, and so, I'm I'm less interested in holding somebody accountable for the desires since they're not oh, chosen. Yeah. The behaviors are are things that we choose, and right. I think are directly accountable for. But I think what's so helpful in this discussion. Is that we 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 don't have to accept the desires just as a given that's right. that's fixed in stone, right? And for some for some people they may experience it that way, but I think your your emphasis on how you know how we feed those mm-hmm. or not feed those, mm-hmm. I think is really helpful and can be very freeing Absolutely. to people who may who may feel like they're just they're in. They're sort of in bondage to mm-hmm. this desire that they, you know, they're not did not wish they had and feel powerless mm-hmm. to control. Mm-hmm. Just as you actually were even saying that, I thought of a person who struggles with their weight. Right, the more that mm-hmm. they're eating, the more in bondage they actually are. So that's a desire that they have to eat, right? And then they're feeding that, and now it gets. It, it, I'm saying the heaviness, right, of of feeding that desire makes it more difficult. It goes the same for whatever those desires that are not aligned for the goodness of why we were create why we were created. Right? So whatever that desire, I think sometimes we focus so much on homosexuality. I'm talking even, yeah, kids usually grab their seat, they're like, oh, I think I'm done with her. I liked her until now. But I talk about I talk about premarital sex, right? Is that desire, I know you desire a girlfriend. I know you desire to marry her. Can you deny yourself to wait until marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want it. like one of the worst things I think we could do is just spotlight homosexuality and say, that's wrong, that's the worst sin. And then on the flip yeah. side, just as bad is pretend like it's not one of the sins, mm-hmm. right? So if we really love one another, 
We need to be talking about sin. We all struggle with different things, right? And be okay with that and stop putting some sins on a platform and others not, you know, and, and not to ignore sin either because the freedom that's found when, when you give that to the Lord is that person will be a forever grateful. I'm so encouraged by your voice where you're just bringing balance to this. You're bringing clarity, yet the conviction to say there still is such a thing as sin. Right. And it's not right and it's not good for you. What would your practical advice be for our listeners for ministering to friends and family members who wrestle with same-sex attraction? If I could throw back to a question at the beginning, does this overlap at all with your family? You've you've described in mm-hmm. just such glowing, loving terms, mm-hmm. even while you were making decisions that they disagreed with, you still felt that they loved you. Oh, absolutely. How'd they pull that off, and what advice would you give to people with their friends with same-sex attraction? Love them as Jesus loves it made me think right away of, um, you know, the woman caught in adultery, hmm. you know, who condemns you, none. But go, and, and neither do I, right, Jesus says, but go and sin no more. So it's being able to to let the Lord teach us how to love someone without removing his truth from his love. Because we, if we remove his truth, it's no, it's no longer his love. And we would just sit on his truth, but we don't have his love and his compassion and his grace and his mercy. It's no longer his truth either. Right. So Jesus is not Hitler, just nonstop truth. And he's not a hippie, nonstop peace and love. Right. So it's really letting Jesus be Jesus and and letting him teach us in our own lives. Right. I always I always say I feel like the Lord always says, let me work in you so that I can work through you. Mm -hmm. So it's got to start in. And I believe my family was able to love me as Christ did not perfectly, right? Because they are still human. But I believe they were able to love me as they did through this whole process, this very muddy, dark process, because they love Christ and they know the love of Christ. And so they were able to give that out to me. So I think it starts back in it. You know, anytime it leans back to our personal walk with the Lord, I think we're a win, right? Kim, this sounds like actually pretty good advice for pastors of churches. We've got a lot of, we got a lot of our listeners who are involved in church ministry, uh, dealing with high school and college students. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like this is pretty good advice for them, too, about how to approach folks that come into their lives who wrestle with same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Among my seminary students, I, every semester I get folks that say, oh, yeah, I got, I got several high school students who are wrestling mm-hmm. with this. A handful of college students have come to me about this. Same, same thing. Mm-hmm. And they don't, know, they don't know what to do. Right. Um, it sounds like the message you're giving them is love them mm-hmm. unconditionally, mm-hmm. speak the truth, yeah. encourage them to know the Lord better. Right. Know his word. And not feed the desires. Right. Another thing um, I think that that's really important, too, um, is being authentic with one another. Being authentic. I think people respond well to the story of Jesus in my life because I'm willing to put it all out there. I'm willing to say where Mm -hmm. I struggle. I'm willing to say where I've fallen and where I've fallen again, right? And so, well, yeah, but I don't have those same-sex desires, Kim, so I can't speak into that. Uh, No, but you're human, and so you struggle with something. Can you be real with it? Can you share with them the struggle you have, maybe with pornography, maybe with, with being faithful to your husband or your wife, how hard it's been if it's your child, how hard it's been to be faithful to your husband, to be honest, an honest businessman or whatever, can you be authentic and real in your own life so they can see the realness of struggle and the strength of Jesus in it? And I think when we get real and are authentic with one another without worrying about what somebody's going to say, there's breakthrough and the Lord uses it. The truth 
shall set you free. He is the truth, the way, the life. He's everything. But we got to be real with ourselves and in turn with him as well. Wow. Kim, this has been really helpful. I so appreciate you coming on with us and being authentic and tell, telling your story openly and honestly and not trying to sugarcoat it. Uh, we really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we look forward to some further conversations in the future with you. Uh, but thanks again for coming on with us mm-hmm. today. Honored. This has been an episode of the podcast, Think Biblically, Conversations on Faith and Culture. To learn more about us and today's guest, Kim Zember, and to find more episodes, go to biola.edu forward slash think biblically. That's biola.edu forward slash think biblically. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, give us a rating on your podcast app and share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, think biblically about everything. Everything.